Welcome back to Adulted Friends. This is the discussion-based podcast where two former childhood acquaintances, now friends, discuss the things that... Adverb, Josh? Especially? I'm sure we've done that. Have we done that one before? Maybe we've done that. But you know what? Let's just let it be. Things that especially matter. Especially. That's your adverb of the week. And I'm Aya. And I'm Josh. Today for episode 35, our topic is control. Control. The need for control in life. When do you have control? When don't you have control? And how do you respond to that? How do you react to a loss of control? Ooh. Anything you want to add to that, Josh, before we get into it? I'm not that controlling. I don't lie. Don't lie to our <laughs> listeners. <laughs> if only they heard the entire editing process that just happened. <laughs> Should we get into it? I mean, if you want to get into it, I don't want, right, I don't yeah. want to be the one to say. Sure, yeah. Yeah, act all <laughs> laid back now. All right. And we're back. Oh, it's so good to be back. Uh-huh. Every fucking time. Every time. Mm -hmm. But you know what, Josh? Do you know what I've accepted? What? I can't control what you do. <laughs> and I shouldn't try. Have you accepted that, Aya? No. <laughs> I try. Speaking of, by the way, <laughs> I think we relinquished control a little this time, right? Because we did things a little bit differently. Are you talking about your microphone right now? No, that's another thing. You're hearing me talk with this old crappier microphone because I accidentally forgot my microphone at my girlfriend's. Right. So apologies for that. Oh, I know what you're talking about. We did things a little differently at the beginning, didn't we? Yeah, we did. If you guys caught on to this. People might have noticed. Yeah. None of our chitter chatter. No. We just went straight into it. None of this. What are you drinking today? Oh, what's that shoelace you're tying? Well, no, it all can still be there. It's just now we can ask that, huh? Now we've already roped you in. We have. Well, maybe. Or maybe people were like, this is too serious for me. I wanted to listen to random banter about <laughs> drinks. and It was really hard to change that because I don't know about you. I felt very locked into how we always do things. Oh, yeah. But you know what? This is episode 35. It feels like a fresh new multiple of five. So, <laughs> And you know, we could have changed things even if it weren't a fresh new multiple of five because we're adults and this is our podcast and we can do whatever we want. We do what we want. Do what we want. Because we're in control. <laughs> or we'd like to think so. What What are you? What is that? It's some weird seven up. It's a zero sugar seven up. Ew. What's in it? Aspartame? You're always judging my drinks. That's worse for you, you know. It's either I get fat or I get cancer. It's one of the two. <laughs> Why not both? Why not both? <laughs> How are you? I am both new. <laughs> I'm good. How are you? Hey, happy new year. Happy new year. But not just new year. What else? Happy birthday. Oh, I feel like this is going to come out maybe on your birthday or right after your birthday. It'll be after mine. Wait, what's your birthday? Well, my birthday is in a couple days. But yeah. Your birthday was yesterday. Yes, we're recording this on January 3rd, so my birthday was yesterday, and yeah, Josh's is two days, I think. Yeah, on January 5th. I knew that. We're birthday buds. We're birthday buds, and you sent a really nice message on Facebook, which was both very kind and also somewhat stressful for me, because I was like, oh my gosh, am I supposed to respond to this? Look at this nice <laughs> message that someone sent that Josh wrote about me. I'm saddened that that caused you stress, because... No, no, not stress. People put yeah. messages about each other on... Me, that's like the least I don't. thing you can do, you know? Uh, I It's just, I never do that. I would never write a message like, oh, this is to the blah, blah, blah person that's the blah, blah in my life. Like, I don't do that. If I, if I feel things about someone, I tell them. I don't tell anybody else. I tried to call you. You wouldn't pick up. 
<laughs> I'm so sorry. No, I w- it wasn't that I, w- I was just busy at the moments that you picked up. And I think my phone was on quiet or something. So I didn't hear or in the moments that you called, I was busy. But I I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That made me feel even okay. worse about it. I was like, I didn't answer the no. phone. And then you sent the nicest thing. No, it's really nice. It made me feel warm and fuzzy, not stressed out. But whew. well, you should. You deserve the best on and after your birthday. Thanks. Thank you. You too. Do I have to write one about you now? You birthday? don't have to do anything at all. But I, want, I don't. Oh, that's so. Care. That's so. Feel like I should, but it'll be weird because I never send any. I never write anything about anyone. You're the one. If I recall, though, is aren't you the one with like some like birthday things? Like if someone doesn't message you on your birthday or call you, then screw them as friends or something. I don't remember <laughs> saying that. I don't think there's a recording of it anywhere. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's in one of these podcasts. I feel like it's like episode two, where I'm like. If someone forgets birthday, then they're not your friend. <laughs> Something like that. And I, I regret that to this day because now I can't re- forget do? anyone. I regret saying that. Yeah, because and I take it back. I take it back. You have to hold yourself to the same standard. Yeah, and I don't. And I feel like sometimes a day goes by and I don't even realize what date it is. I'm not like today is June 7th. I, I don't even process that. So I just live life. And then I'm like, oh, my God, I missed my friend's birthday or something. I'm the worst friend ever. And I'm filled with guilt and hypocrisy feelings. Yeah. My dad forgets my birthday. And my dad was born January 1st. His birthday was on the 1st. And mine's on the 5th. And he still forgets my birthday here and there. You know, usually if he remembers it, it's because my brother or somebody reminded him. And you know what? I still love my dad. It's just, it's never intentional. It just doesn't hold the same sort of weight to him. Yeah. But he didn't go on a podcast and insist that everyone must remember his birthday or else they're not his friend. Oh, no, he definitely didn't do that. No. Yeah. So that's (laughs) that's my problem is that I did that. He's not a hypocrite. Right. So (laughs) I've now become a hip. So I take it back. Okay. If you forgot my birthday, I probably didn't notice and I'm not (laughs) judging you for it. And also if I forget yours, I'm sorry. It doesn't mean that I don't think you're awesome. I probably do. And I maybe I just forgot. That's a real about turn you've done there. Well, it's been a year. I'm allowed to grow and change, aren't I? (laughs) You know, it's been a year since that. I think because we had just been talking about birthdays. I like that. Yeah, I changed my mind. I take it back. And by the way, one of the things I'm not going to read what I wrote to you or anything, but I it was important for me to say that, you know, talking to you and getting to know you, growing our friendships over these years, not just in the podcast, but just whenever we talk has been a really a learning and a growing experience every time in ways it isn't when I talk to everybody. But for you, I always feel like I actually grow from our conversations. And I'm very thankful and grateful for that. Well, that's a lovely sentiment. And I feel the same way. I mean, I wouldn't keep I, I always joke like this. I wouldn't do this podcast if uh, you didn't make me. But actually, I do thoroughly enjoy it. I always leave like, oh, sometimes I change my mind about something or like I thought about something a different way. I find myself sometimes quoting you know, like, oh, yeah, Josh said this thing that blah, blah, blah. And then I'm like, I don't know. It's... Yeah. Rotating dictatorship. No. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I I've brought up rotating dictatorship to so many people and they're like, oh my God, we don't know what that is. And we need you to stop talking about it. (laughs) (laughs) Also, in the interest of growth, I should tell you that that shoelace or whatever you're playing with occasionally makes a bit of a clicky noise. So it's not the worst, but I'm not sure how much of it will be picked up. And you're the one editing, so I'm doing you know, this in your interest. So one of the deals we have made recently is, you know, you're, you've been very busy, right? We wanted to continue doing the podcast, and I've agreed to take on some of the 
editing duties, we'll call them. By which you mean all of the editing duties, yeah. All of the editing duties, which for those who don't know, we'll be honest, right? It requires some work. And by some work, I mean like a lot of work to really make it presentable to you guys, which I'm happy to do for a couple of reasons. Uh, One, because I love to continue doing this with you, even though it is work sometimes. And I would much rather take on the balance of work if that's what it takes. But two, also gives me a certain level of control. Sure does. Yeah, it was, <laughs> I was hoping you'd bring that up because... Yeah, a little segue right there, huh? That's a great segue because actually when I have edited and I thought I was kind of picky, but I get to a point where like, I don't care anymore. Just it's done. I'm tired of looking at this. I don't care anymore. Just send it out. But you, Josh, you never tire. <laughs> There's like something and then it's like, no, no, I have to fix this. I have to fix every little thing. Oh, do you hear that tiny little cut that doesn't sound quite right? Because sometimes, you know, you're cutting out weird sounds or like oh, my cat making noise or just different things. Yeah. Or, you know, sometimes I say like a lot and I'm like, can you cut out some of my likes? Or Josh might say something that he that annoys him. A lot of things. Yeah. <laughs> but you guys will never know what it is. All my stumbling over myself. You guys are like, wow, Josh has gotten better at talking in this podcast not necessarily no you're just getting (laughs) better at editing it out to be fair I'm an editor like I do edit as part of my work I'm a writer director but I'm also an editor I do I've edited a lot of films and so this is the same thing it's just the audio yeah I'm attuned to it I'm relatively quick about it but because I'm quick about it I care more about the little things tell me about it so I make up for that quickness by I add a lot more time with the details Yeah. And I mean, I complain like, oh, you always notice all those little things. But when you, Josh, do the editing, I listen and I'm like, yeah, I have no notes. The only notes I'll ever have are like, can you cut out that stupid thing I said? Because it's I just I can't have that out there. And And then I'll say you would think that a lot of the things that are left there are the stupid things that I've said. But no, there were stupider things. And then no, and then I'll uh, be like, no, no, uh, it's funny. Let's leave it in. You're like, are you sure? Are you sure it's okay that I said this? Will my family be upset? (laughs) I'm like, no, they know you love them and you're just joking. (laughs) You don't know my family. Yeah, no. (laughs) After every one of our podcasts, you're like, just to let you know, Josh, I do love my family. I really do. (laughs) I'm like, yeah, that comes through. Yeah. Well, I mean, you have to let go a little bit when you're sending something out into the world, right? Like, yes, if you're recording something, sending it out, you can't control. Do you have to let go? You have to let go a bit. You can't. You believe that? I can't control everyone's response to it. I can't control who's going to listen to it. You know that logically. Do you always operate from that point of view? (laughs) No, (laughs) no, I definitely don't. I'm constantly struggling with that. Do you feel like you need to be in control most of the time? Or are you someone who used to think that? How are you with surrendering control? It depends on what it is. I think there are enough things now where I've learned that I'm much happier surrendering control and that I don't always have to. Like, I know this is another podcast related one, but each episode that we publish, we write a description. And by we, I mostly mean Josh, but uh, (laughs) we write a description and would kind of bounce ideas off of each other. And when I'm writing, I used to be very like, I have to pick every specific word. It has to be the right word. I have to. And I would write like that when I was, you know, writing for school and things like that. And it got to a point where I was like, this is taking me way too long. It's stressing me out. It's making me feel like there's some perfect version that I have to write. Mm. And I know that it doesn't exist. So my response was just the way of letting go that made me able to actually write something. You know what they always say when you're writing a thesis is a good thesis is a finished thesis. And that can be freeing in a way because it's like. You're not going to write some beautiful work of art. Just do it. 
you can always edit it later. You can always turn into something else. So letting go of that perfectionism was really helpful to me. And every time we write those descriptions, Josh, you have a very specific way of writing it. And I, it's great that you do that, but it does, it kind of triggers my something. It triggers like this (laughs) because you're like the worst voice in my head telling me that it needs to be perfect, except you have the patience to actually do it. And I don't. I'm triggering you because there's a part of you that's like that. Exactly. And you spent so much effort mentally to suppress that because it's damaging and toxic to you. And I'm just like, do it, do it, do it, do it. That's (laughs) exactly. Yes. You couldn't have phrased that better. That's exactly it. There's a little Josh Littman in me that you are, that every time you do that, it's like, and it's going crazy. And I'm like, uh. would you say that perfect is the enemy of good? You know that phrase? Yeah, I've heard that. I mean, that's one way of putting it. I don't think that's the best way to put it, but it's good. It's one way. Of, I mean, it's. A, I like okay. using that phrase to myself when I yeah. feel like if something has to be perfect or you can't do it. Yeah. That often keeps us from doing it. Yeah, exactly. Yes. And that's yeah. the problem, right? I agree with that. I guess the difference between us, I do know to what degree I will go. Like I'm not, I'm not actually making it perfect in a way. I'm just making it more perfect than maybe you would. You're making it way more perfect. Do you think, I I don't even know that I would continue writing those. Like, to be honest, it's subjective. Maybe something was perfect to you. And for me, I have a different idea of it. And again, the fact that I need it to be that way might speak to my need for control. I think it does. So can I point out one that I think is very interesting so for example, once you've set some kind of precedent, you have to continue. Yeah, that I believe in consistency for yes. the professionalism aspect too, right? And things kind of continue. You know, if you set something up and you set a foundation, I do believe in kind of mm-hmm. building off that foundation. It's so funny. I had the same talk with my writing group about our own storyline because I feel, I don't know, when you start shaking the foundations of things, I think that can, yeah. it's a personal belief that that causes some issues in my opinion. Well, and I respect that. And I, appreciate it because I do get like a sense of I'm comforted when I look and I see oh every episode has the exact same yeah format wise I 100% agree like it would bother me if one time we used a colon and the next time we use a dash I'd be like that has to be consistent yeah that kind of thing bothers me yeah and I I like that you do it perfectly but I do remember we're writing a little OCD it's a little yeah well I remember you writing um one of the descriptions and you were you were like, oh, how do we connect this with this? And I was like, oh, just put a period. And you were like, no, every time we've done it, it's been one sentence and I we can't start putting periods now. And I'm like, well, I, say that, yeah. I, I can't help you then. <laughs> and then I'm like, I, I don't know what to. <laughs> so, well, you know, we all have our things and that wasn't meant to be. You're a... right, though. It is, it is yeah. something about me that I, yeah. I, I don't know what it is, but I, if you're right. I set a standard. Yeah. I consider it a standard. You might just consider it a precedent. But for me, it's a bit of a standard for working at this. It's like right now I could do a lot less editing work and leave a lot more of these bumbles in. And... No, that I don't think that's good. Yeah. Well, of course, it sounds better objectively. It does. But let's say I needed to back up with some of the work and we still wanted to release these episodes and people don't care that much. I would have trouble doing that because I've now set this editing standard Mm. that it should sound this professional. Well, that's a good, I think that's a good thing. I just, Mm -hmm. sometimes I think putting a period could actually make the whole thing better. (laughs) But it was like... But on the (laughs) other hand, I do surrender control in certain ways. Like I'm recording this with you right now, despite the fact I'm using my shitty microphone. No, that's true. Yeah. It's weird what we will and won't surrender control on sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Because I do believe in getting the thing done over not getting it done. Mm -hmm. Ultimately, 
I do believe perfect is the enemy of good in that sense. So when it comes down to it, yeah, I don't want to, you know, give away how to beat me at some of this stuff. But when, you know, if we do dangle the thing itself in front of me, I mean, I think it's a little toxic to do that. But if we do that, you know, I'll often go with, oh, well, I'd rather do it than not do it. Right. So if the options were write a description that is made of two sentences instead of one or no description at all, you'd be like, well, yeah, if if that. Yeah, I would never do that to you. Don't worry. But, but if that were the option, <laughs> that yeah, were the option. you know what I said. Right. OK, well, I think <laughs> yeah. that's good because some people will be like, if I can't do it perfectly, I'm not doing it at all. And it's like, you know what? You're in for a long life of monotony because you'll be afraid to try a lot of new things. <laughs> I have a question for you. Mm-hmm. As everyone knows, we grew up together. Those little kids, they were three years old. Oh, so smart. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I just, I was thinking a lot about this, you know, control and how and why we developed kind of the way we did and our thoughts on control and our feelings about it. And I'm wondering for you, maybe it's for all of us, like when we're kids, who's in control? Like when we were very little throughout elementary school, high school, who's in control? Yeah, I mean... I think generally the adults have the control, or at least it feels that way, right? Yeah, yeah. So, sorry, that's the obvious part of it, right? Okay, yeah. yeah. So, teachers and your parents tend to be the ones who have the control in life, and that's normal to us. Mm-hmm. When we're kids, we're like, oh, of course, they're the adults. They have the control. Yeah, although I don't think it's bad to give children a sense of agency early on. So, agency, is there a difference between agency and control? Not really. They're I guess control can have both negative and positive connotations, like if someone's controlling. But agency, I think, is more that you are in control of your own life. That's a very positive thing. It's generally like self-oriented. You don't have agency over someone else. You're, right. And I think I think that's the... Are there things that we do give kids too much control in and things we don't give them enough control in? It's hard to say we because everybody kind of raises their kids differently. Or schools. I think it's important to give children some choice because then they learn early on how to make decisions Mm -hmm. based on their own. Like they have to figure out what their own values are. They have to make their own decisions at least a little bit. Right. As opposed to telling them, I'm your parent. I'm going to tell you what you have to do. And that's it. End of story. I mean, sometimes that's good because sometimes the kid isn't listening and you need to just, you know, maybe some discipline is okay. I don't know. I'm not a parent. But in certain cases, you also want to foster some sense of decision making and some sense of agency in a kid so that when they're an adult, they're not just always looking for someone else to tell them what to do, because that's a that's a learned behavior. Right. Like someone tell me what to do. And I think it's some people never grow out of needing someone to tell them what's the right decision. Mm -hmm. And we might have talked about some of this in our leaders versus followers episode too, right? I think. Maybe. You know, we talked about the differences. But yeah, in diving into like specifically control, I was thinking that we want to give kids certain, like you said, that sense of agency. But I think what often happens is we have to feel like our choices matter. Mm. That when we're in control and we have that agency, that it makes a difference in the consequences of things and the result. And if it doesn't, especially when there's a certain level of unfairness mm. when you're a kid, I think that can steer you in other directions. Like it can either steer you in the direction of uh, none of my choices matter. Mm-hmm. So I might as well just let other people make all the choices and be in control because nothing I do matters. Yeah. Or I guess it could also go the other way and you might have this desperate need for control. Because you never had You're it. always just trying because you haven't had it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was wondering like for you specifically as a kid, did you feel like you had the right amount of control or you feel like you needed it more as a kid or I don't, I don't I'm asking specific questions, yeah. but I, I have no idea how you felt in that regard. I mean, it's hard to say. I, I remember feeling annoyed 
as a kid that I was like, I, I remember being told like, you're so lucky to be a kid. It's the best. Cause you don't have to worry about anything and you just get to, yeah. and I, I never felt that way. I was like, but I do. And I, all I have is like, no, I'm not allowed to do whatever I want. And I, everything's kind of put in place for you, which can be nice in a way. Like you don't have to, you're not the one worried necessarily about where your next meal is coming from or paying the rent. But I kind of like doing those things. I like planning my meals. I like paying. I don't like paying my rent, but I, I mean, I, every time I pay my rent, I feel like I'm an adult. So I, I like those little bits of control. So, right. It's a double-edged sword if you think about it, right? Yeah. I like the autonomy. And as a kid, you don't have any. You don't, but it also takes up a, if you're the one in control, that is now a time commitment and a role you're now taking on. Mm -hmm. And you now have responsibilities that go along with that control, right? Yeah, I like it though. I wouldn't give it up for anything. I would never, I, I don't like being dependent or having someone tell me what I'm supposed to do, or I don't even like getting favors from people sometimes because I feel like it puts me in their debt in some way or that they, now I owe them something and they have control over me. Like, they wishing you a happy birthday on your page? No, not that, not that, not that, <laughs> not that. Oh my God. No, that's sweet. That was just a kind, no, I mean more like, like if someone were to, let's say like, oh, I'll pay your rent. Like, why are you paying my rent? I, I don't know. That's a terrible example but I'm just thinking of I see what you mean by that yeah like I I like to feel that I'm the one making my decisions and doing the things that I need to do and you always felt that since you were a kid um because you were quite the you were quite the leader I would say amongst the girls in the class well I I I was controlling I think I had some toxic behaviors and I mean I think sometimes you look at it as people who didn't have control in some ways or felt that they didn't have controls in certain areas of their life will Mm. overcompensate in other areas. So, I mean, I think at school where you saw me, I did feel that I was in control and I was kind of obnoxiously controlling because of it. Like I I told everyone what to do. I remember when um, this is such a stupid thing, but like we were picking our topics for ancient civilizations and I really wanted ancient Egypt. I was like, I... I have to do ancient Egypt. I don't know why. I just really liked ancient Egypt. Mm. And another girl got it. And I remember being like, no, I have to have it. And it was like this feeling like I can't not have it. I must have it. And it's like this obsessive need for control. Yeah. And I remember like badgering this girl, like, no, you have to, you have to trade with me. Like I <laughs> look, look, does you want to, whatever it was I got, like Bring whatever it takes. Yeah. And I, I think about that now. And sometimes I'll feel that need, like, for example, you know, if you're going to get, if someone were to draw things out of a hat, it's like, I have to get the thing I want and I'll feel that need. And I'll be like, Ooh, I remember this. But like, I don't need to. I can just sit back and let whatever happens, happens because I don't have control Right. in this instance. So you've been able to talk to yourself a little more since then and have a bit of a, a logical mind kicks in. So it's an emotional need. Yeah. So instead of like reacting, I respond. So there's something like a reaction versus a response. So like there's that emotional reaction that you have initially. And sometimes yeah. you'll just let that. That's the first thing that comes out as well. So like, for example, I need ancient Egypt. Therefore, I'm going to badger the girl who has it yeah. to give it to me. Or there's a response where I'm like, oh, I, I feel that reaction of needing that thing. But that's thought out. And I'm going to not act on that. And I'm just going to accept that this is what I have. So your emotional intelligence kicks in. Exactly. Emotional intelligence. Yeah. But you would say that your initial emotional reaction tend to be a desire for control. Yes. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Or controlling in some ways. 
I think me too. Yeah. I think I'm similar. And I wonder if that comes from a similar place in some ways. Like, I think you might have talked about it before, but growing up, you might have felt a lack of control in other areas of your life. Mm-hmm. You know, you have two older brothers as well. Yeah. I think you've talked about this before, right? Yeah. You know, your mom was the teacher at school and your mom at home. Yeah. Not just a teacher at school. She was like in charge of a lot of things. Yeah. Yeah. Um, for everybody there. Yeah. Which is awesome. But also it may feel like you don't have, you know, I'm speaking for you. Yeah, I'm pretty sure she's not listening right now. So I think, <laughs> no, I agree 100% with what you're saying. And I'd rather she just get mad at you for saying it than me. So. No, no, but it's nothing <laughs> no, wrong it's nothing or negative. bad that she did. No, it's nothing. Right? Yeah. Or, or doing, but as a kid, right? That's for sure. It could lead you to want to have control outside of that, right? Yeah, yeah. It's like because someone is always there in a way and it's the same person. So it's not like, oh, I can leave my school things at school and then go home and have different problems. I don't know if that's better or worse, but like, you know, it's all connected. It's almost... It's kind of the closest thing to God, right? <laughs> Sorry, God, but... I know what you mean. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How about you? I can relate in that regard, although yeah. I don't know if I, I didn't take control in the same way. I think we both had a desire for it, control mm. and it probably is more similar nowadays, actually, in how we express it. But as kids, I think I went a bit of a different way of dealing with that. I think you socially, I think you took control more, right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, exerted power through control. Mm-hmm. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. No, I think you're right. For me, I mean, I talked about this a bunch, but yeah, my mom was very controlling. It wasn't just controlling, though. It was, she was unfair yeah. in how she was controlling. She controlled, especially when it came to her punishment mm-hmm. and how she would give me something just to take it away. Right. And the things she would get upset about were inconsistent. Yeah. Sometimes it would be something would be okay. And another day she was, that was not okay anymore. Yeah. But I spoke to you about it like this yesterday. Well, yeah, it's not okay, actually. You know, you're grounded. You're this. I'm taking that away. Yeah, that kind of inconsistency. Yeah. Especially for someone who needs, I mean, children need consistency and stability. So I feel like that triggers even more of a need for some sense of control because you have none and it's it's so unfair. And yeah. you couldn't even discuss it, right? Like, Yeah, well, that's the thing. I would always try to find the exact right way to say something. Oh, right. And I always thought if I just say something the right way, then I'll be able to win to get through this. Yeah. And it didn't ever seem to matter. And maybe there's, you know, an illusion of control is what it felt like. It wasn't really any control. In the end, of, you know, my mom had all the cards. You know, if I wanted a drink, I remember drink pop or soda, whatever we'll call it nowadays. <laughs> whatever the kids are calling it. Whatever the kids are calling it. I mean, I just wasn't allowed to. Mm. You just... I couldn't do it. And it didn't cross my mind that I could just like do it. Yeah. Like when she wasn't <laughs> to take a sip or something, it was my mom was all seeing, all watching. Yeah. I really did feel like she had all the control. You know, my dad was also a parent in the house too, but my mom still was the one to me who had all the control. Yeah. She was all powerful. And I thought she was all seeing too. Mm. I remember once getting grounded. I don't even know what for. I don't even know if it, whether it was warranted or not. Usually I felt it wasn't. The fourth Harry Potter book had just come out. And I was addicted to Harry Potter. I loved Harry Potter. Weren't we all? Yeah. And I was, yeah, I could not wait to read that fourth book. And she specifically grounded me from reading the fourth Harry Potter book for, I don't know, a week or two or something like that. That's so mean. Which again, grounding from reading is strange, right? That's strange. Well, she used what you loved (laughs) against you. Exactly. I just remember I was allowed to go on the computer. I was allowed to go watch TV, but I couldn't read the fourth Harry Potter book. Oh my God. That's so sad. And I was so 
at that point, I was so upset about that. I rebelled for one of like the first times in my life. Wow. I love that. That's what <laughs> that that's was what my rebellion. It. I took the book to school without her knowing. And I was just reading it in between mm. classes. And <laughs> didn't it make it taste even better? Like, <laughs> oh my, no, I still had so much fear that she would just know. Oh. I just thought my mom could know at any point. My mom was a very I'm sorry. She was very scary. She was. She yeah. she screamed all the time. When I was very little, she she would hit me. She was physically imposing. She could flip on a dime from seeming happy to angry. It was very unstable in that regard. Yeah. So I didn't feel like I had much control at home. And so I think I looked for it elsewhere. Like when I played with my brothers, we played video games. And again, that was also extremely controlled. So we could only play on the weekend after school, right? You were player one though, weren't you? I'm just about to tell you this. Yeah. And then... <laughs> Before that, even like we played video games, we also had a computer mm. that we we loved playing StarCraft and Warcraft 3 strategy games. I could take half an hour to an hour per game. We had one computer. My mom gave us one hour at a time. And it just led to us all screaming at each other to get off the computer after every hour on the weekend. No. It's my turn. You were on for over an hour. It's like, well, I'm still playing the game. It's not over yet. Yeah. Well, you shouldn't have started it 10 minutes before your time was out. Mm -hmm. And it was just constant, constant stack and forth there. And yeah, during when playing video games, like on a Nintendo 64 in the basement, I needed to be controller number one. I don't know. I thought in my mind too, I'm like the oldest brother. Yeah. I'm number one. Daniel should be number two. Alex should be number three. I don't know why. It just nicely made sense in my brain and it bothered me. Yeah. It must have been like a little OCD-ish or something. I like to be the one controlling the options of picking. Yeah. And to this day, I still like that, although I'm able to surrender that control. Yeah, I also like it, but I can, and I have to try not to tell them like, you have to press that button. Oh my God. Like it's, yeah. you know, we've all got a little bit of that sometimes. Again, it's like you said, it's yeah. the reaction versus the response yeah. at the time it was more reaction nowadays i think i have a healthier response what i learned too was very interesting when my mom passed and there were no more rules all that patrol went out the window that she had mm -hmm. i mean all of it yeah i suddenly could go on the computer whenever i wanted i can play games whenever i wanted. i could stay up as late as i wanted could stay up all night yeah that's... i could do whatever i wanted it was almost it was scary mm. it was scary that flipped like overnight. And I just remember as terrible as it was to my mother, you know, this is just a reality that happened afterwards. Yeah. Where I remember going on the computer and playing Warcraft 3 or whatever. And my brothers, like I would go on for a while. And I just remember being like, hey, do you want to want to get on the computer now? I was like, no, nah, I'll go on later. Hmm. Suddenly, without that strict one hour only on the weekend, we actually stopped playing as much. Right. We weren't as like addicted to it because it wasn't so tightly. It was no longer controlled substance. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like when you go to the store and it says like limited time offer only. Yeah. Suddenly you need it. Yeah. It's that scarcity thing. Yeah. And also people control you through scarcity. For sure. Yeah. Right. I mean, governments and corporations and companies control mm -hmm. you through this idea of scarcity. You need this. There's only a limited amount. You should fight each other for it. Yeah. That's what I felt was going on. <laughs> And that control, when that went away, I thought it was actually a lot healthier and I didn't mm. have that need so much myself. But I don't, yeah, I didn't like express that control, I don't think socially in the same way. Mm. But in, I think when playing certain games, but also creatively, I started to find I wanted control. Mm. I like to direct. But you get to create your own world <laughs> when you're telling a story. Yeah, I like to tell a story. I, I'm in control of that story. Mm. When I write a story, when I direct a movie or a play. and I always thought that was kind of a healthy, yeah, that was kind of a healthy way of doing that. But even so, when I'm working or collaborating creatively with other people, 
I know it comes up mm. that kind of controlling side where I feel like I need to be in in control. It's weird. I one part of me is extremely collaborative, and then there's a part of me that's yeah. got that controlling side. The good thing is that you're at least good at what you do. So like <laughs> I Thanks, I feel comfortable relinquishing control. I normally, I, I mean, you remember the first episodes that we edited, for example, I insisted on editing because I was like, no, no, I can't have this out in the world without me being the one with control over what goes out. But I earned your trust. You earned my trust. And I realized, oh, he's a better editor. He has more patience. And that's good <laughs> for me. Like, but I mean, it's the same. And um, I remember doing a group. Same for me, by the way. Yeah. I relinquish for people when I trust yeah. them because I don't, it's not about it's not ego for me, actually. It's not I need. Oh, no, I don't care who gets through. I just need it to be a certain way. I need something to be good. Yeah, yeah. But if something is like of a certain quality, if it's good or I just, yeah. I don't need it to be my idea. But sometimes if I genuinely believe I'm the best to do it, I'm, yeah. I'm going to take that control. I like to be in control in terms of certain decision making, not necessarily it being my right. ideas. Mm -hmm. But just that I get to be like, yeah, I agree. Let's do that. <laughs> well, good. I think uh, getting some good progress here. I was watching Game of Thrones. No spoilers, but something happened. And I just started like flipping out about this one character. And I was like, but why did she do? Why wouldn't she do this? Why doesn't she do this? Why doesn't she kill this guy? What season are you in? I'm in season five. Okay. Right now. Okay. Five. It was just like, but I don't understand why she doesn't do this. I would do this and then this and then like this other thing. And, you know, it was about Sansa Stark. I won't give any, but I was just like frustrated with her just lack of action. Like she just lets all these horrible things happen to her constantly. Yeah. And I was complaining about this and the person I was watching with just goes like, I don't know how to like what else to tell you other than fictional characters can't do what you want them to do. <laughs> Like, and neither can yeah. real characters honestly. and neither can real characters i was just like so frustrated just like yelling about it not yelling about it but i was just like oh i just i want her to do this other thing that she's not doing and it's like you you can't do that with real people i think i channel that more into fictional characters because i know they're not i don't know because i somehow feel like it's triggering you a little bit right i think so yeah and it's like you need to just let go and enjoy the show stop telling them what they should do also i always am like Anytime someone's annoying, because everybody dies. And at first, like everybody in Game of Thrones seems to die. <laughs> and at first I was like, oh my God, it's so like Not everybody. gory. And I, I can't, I don't like gory stuff. And I'd be like, eh, I can't look. But then after a while, I was like, oh, that person sucks. Someone, why doesn't someone kill them? I don't understand why nobody's killing this person. And that's just been like a, like a running commentary of just like, why is no one killing this person? But you're enjoying the show. I'm loving it. Yeah. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's great. You're invested. Yeah. I'm sorry that I keep bringing it up now, but it's just so good. Yeah. No, I love, I loved it mostly. Yeah. Well, I'm in season five, so I'm, I heard that the later seasons can be a little poopier, but don't tell me. We'll talk. It's not. Yeah, we'll talk yeah. about it. There's right. more nuance than that. Oh, OK. Great. Yeah. But anyway, so then I was thinking because I was like, oh, yeah, but if you write, then you can make characters do exactly what you want. So uh -huh. I think there's something about writing, which you do lots of. Is that some motivation for your writing? Yeah, it is like because, you know, if characters that I'm I like how this nicely followed up our last episode, look at that. Yeah, because you have complete control. Like you get to write the story you'd want to read. Right. That's you know what you say that. But like this is why I get weirdly triggered and aggravated sometimes by my friend O'Fair. OK, I'll be writing with him and he goes, Josh, you're not in control. What? He loves to be like, Josh. It just writes itself, right? And I'm like, it did not write itself, O'Fair. I spent eight hours. He's like, do you know what I mean? I'm like, no. No, I get it. It's like a puzzle. It's all coming together. Yeah. But I'm not going to say this thing wrote itself. No. <laughs> 
I get so triggered. <laughs> I can understand getting triggered by that. Also, that's more of like a. So someone else can't tell yeah. you that it wrote itself. You can tell someone else when you're writing. Yeah. Like, oh, it's like it wrote itself. Yeah. But if someone else tells you, yeah, it's like it wrote itself. No. <laughs> There's a reason why the author's name is pretty big on a thing. Like, it doesn't just say like. Written by itself. Title. Written by itself. Yeah, it wrote itself. Yeah. I'm not putting my name here. It basically did its own work. Yeah. But he's one of those people and he believes in the universe, you know, things being faded. Mm, right. Astrology and all these things. Oh, yeah. Look at that face. <laughs> and I know there's people who are listening who might believe it. So again, we may take care of crap on yeah. astrology. Superstition. Apologies ahead of time. Things like that. Or religious type of thinking sometimes. The idea that things are, let me say this, it's important to note that things are beyond our control. Yeah. But Do you think it's a healthy way of relinquishing control to believe that the universe is actually acting in its own sort of directed way? I think it depends. I think there is a, there's a potentially healthy way of doing that. Like there is a way to be, I've heard this analogy of being the passenger and sometimes being okay with letting life drive you Mm -hmm. and being the passenger in the, in the side seat and not always feeling the need to be the driver. You need to drive. Yeah. By the way, when you're driving with people, do you need to drive or are you okay being the passenger? Okay. I have another story. Okay. Let's put a pin in the, what I was (laughs) just saying. I want to come back to that because yeah, Josh, last time you were here, I don't know if you remember this, but we were driving and I think I was talking to you and someone in front of me stopped pretty suddenly. And I was also stopping, but I guess not quickly enough for you because you slam, you were in the passenger seat, slamming your foot on the imaginary passenger brake, <laughs> which I have to tell you, it doesn't work as a brake. It's not the, that brake doesn't work. You are correct. It doesn't, the imaginary <laughs> brake doesn't do anything. But you slammed, it was just like, boom. And I'm like, what are you doing? Like that's, you have a hard time being a, a passenger sometimes, don't you? It depends. If, well, here's here's the truth. If you're scared for your life, you have a hard time being a passenger. <laughs> it's what you said before. It's about yeah. earning that trust. Mm. And the people I drive with who've earned that trust, it gets really bad if people have done things to lose that trust. Right. It's very hard for me to... Because then in my mind, my choices as the passenger might be the difference between life and death. Oh, geez. Yeah, that's terrifying. Yeah. Like, I remember driving with my dad once thinking, I shouldn't say anything. I shouldn't say anything. I just watched. I'm like, he's going to hit this guy. I'm thinking, no, it's going to be rude. I shouldn't say anything. Finally, I was like, yeah, there's a guy there. And he was like, oh, 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 yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. And he stopped. Oh, my God. Because I said something. And it just went through my mind. Like, I needed to say something. Yeah, yeah. I was afraid to say it because I didn't want him to be, like, upset with me saying something. And now there's that constant struggle of, are they actually... And the truth is, people do that with me. I do that with them. Me and my girlfriend have this it's back normal. and forth all the yeah. time. It's a classic sort of thing. Yeah, it's weird. Like, I think that I'm briefly on my phone for a second when driving. It's fine. But if they are, yes. no, they, they can't possibly be as good as me. <laughs> don't you play chess on your phone while you're driving? No, That's what I, was I don't saying. do that. Don't I do not do that anymore. Too much at all. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that was just a little... because. There is a difference. Sometimes I sit in the passenger seat and I'm like, I'm not going to look forward. I'm actually going to look to the side and kind of relax. I mean, maybe that's more country driving, but believing in things, when is that healthy or not? I think that there's a difference between relinquishing control when you know that you can't control these things and believing that something else is responsible for everything that happens. It's like saying that the book wrote or the play or whatever you wrote, wrote itself. No, it didn't. I had to sit here. I had to force myself to do this thing. Yeah. So no, things don't just happen. Things don't just, 
oh, the universe will provide. Like, I hate when people say stuff like that. The universe will provide. How about you go provide? How about you go do something? Like, yeah. Or like, that's like people praying for help instead of just doing something that they could do to help. Yeah. I understand that it's comforting. And I understand sometimes we need a little bit of comfort in that regard. Of course. But if we need to make an actual difference, I'm sorry, that's going to require someone to do something. The universe isn't just going to do things for you. People sometimes ask, do you think things happen for a reason? Do these things inherently have meaning? I believe that they can, but we have to give them meaning. Mm -hmm. We have to make them have a reason, right? I always come back to this one story. I think I I brought this up to you before. I was going to China. I was with an ex-girlfriend. And the day we were set to leave, she was coming with a friend to pick me up. I couldn't find my passport. And I was looking and looking and looking. And I just never found my passport. The plane left and we were not on it. And she had a choice too, whether like go without me or not. And she didn't, right. she stuck around. But I remember her trying so hard not to be upset at me and then like failing because she was just so disappointed and understandably so. Mm. Yet I was also so down about this because I didn't do anything to this day. I had no idea what happened to the passport. I thought I knew exactly where it was and it wasn't there. I don't know if it had fallen out of my bag when I went to get my visa. Maybe someone stole it. I have no idea yeah. to this day. I just thought it would show up at one point. It never did. We had bought our tickets and everything. Yeah, like I was up all night looking for it too. I was exhausted. I was delirious. I then slept through much of the next day. I didn't talk to my girlfriend at the time. I was so depressed. And I remember thinking when I got up, which I got up at night, it was dark again when I woke up. Yeah. I remember thinking, I need something good to come out of this situation. Like mm. It was threatening my relationship at the time. Yeah. <laughs> it was just a bad experience. And I thought, I have no control. And a lot of people, when they don't have control, they turn to some pretty, we can talk about this in a bit, but they can turn to some pretty negative things. Like some people turn to drugs or drinking or religion. (laughs) They they can turn to- (laughs) (laughs) I'm not saying all religion. Anyway, they turn to something- (laughs) Something extreme. You could say cult, like if they turn to like a cult or something like that. Sure, yeah, cult. Yeah. Uh, yeah, good. Let's not offend our, Thumbs up. our religious friends here. Yeah. yeah. Okay. They turn to something when you don't have, and I had that feeling in that moment of, I don't have control. Yeah. What do I do? Can I do anything? Should I just sit back and be depressed? Can I take any matters around hand? Should I change my way of thinking and let somebody else be in control? You know, mm. what I ended up doing is I ended up going to this Korean coffee shop in the middle of the night. And I said, you know what? I'm going to write as much as I can of my feature film that I've been working on Mm. for a while in a way that like, I knew I wasn't going to do this anytime soon, but I'm going to do that now. So something good came out of. Yeah, I'm going to do it because of this instance. I'm going to choose to do something I otherwise wouldn't have done so that I'm going to make sure something good comes out of this. Wow, good for you. Something that I can control. That's very admirable. So I went there and I wrote all night. Yeah. You know what's interesting looking back? So we ended up going to China a couple of months after that. We went in August, so it was pretty hot. But we, uh, we ended up going. I ended up paying a ton of money to make up for all this stuff too. It was, mm. But we did end up going. I was committed to still going. Mm. When we did, I ended up also shooting a movie at that time because of the time we ended up going. So that ended up working out really nicely. Cool. Okay. I remember being really sick one week while I was there. And I was kind of bedridden. And I learned that you could apply to this thing where if you were selected, you end up writing a movie with James Franco. This is before all those things against him. And I remember thinking, ah, I might as well send part of that feature that I was writing. Yeah. So I sent that. And I think within half an hour, I got an email back saying, you're in. Wow. 
That's awesome. I got selected and I ended up being a writer on this feature film that James Franco, it was adapted from his book Ooh. and that he was in, which you could say is life changing in a way. For sure. Yeah. I also ended up making that into a short film hmm. that ended up winning a bunch of awards as well and led to a bunch of things. Oh, so cool. And it all goes back to that choice that I made yeah. to write in that Korean coffee shop that night after that horrible thing happened. To make meaning out of a bad situation. Yeah. But some people will look at that and go, see, things happen for a reason. Well, the reason is that you decided that you weren't going to let that go to waste, mm -hmm. basically. Exactly. I think that's the point I'm trying to make here. Right. And hopefully that's clear. Yeah. Things can have meaning, but I think it's up to you to make sure they have meaning. Yeah. I like that. That's a kind of an inspiring story. Yeah. I tell that story to some people actually, um, you know, when they find themselves in a rut sometimes and they feel like they have no control and they're in danger of turning to the wrong things mm. or bad things. Like what? I mean, I've seen people pick up a bottle and mm. start to drink in really, really difficult times. I don't think that's the right. Does that now is that do people drink to feel control? No, I think they do it to. What do you, why do, why do people drink in those circumstances or do drugs? Probably to forget that they don't have the control that they want or. Yeah. They need to muddy their mind. Yeah. In some way they need to. We should get an alcoholic on here to ask, <laughs> but you know, one of the AA, like, you know, that serenity prayer. Yeah. So like, uh, Oh, give me the strength to realize the things I don't have. What is it? Grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change courage to change the things I can and wisdom to know the difference. I like that. And I'm pretty sure that's used in like AA meetings and things like that as well. Yeah. And that that's a religious uh, or that has a religious background, at least that's yeah. got some Christian roots. So it's not to it, this isn't another shitting on religion episode. It's more just to say you know, there's a lot we can learn from yeah. look, those belief systems, you know, religion. I definitely don't want to shit on it because there's a lot we can take from that. There's a lot of really great yeah. lessons. Yeah. Well, knowing when you can change something and when you can't, because there are so many different possible endings to you losing that passport. You could have just been so upset. Yeah. I guess you could have obsessively kept looking for it. You could have started freaking out. You you kind of accepted, OK, I can't change the fact that I cannot find this. I am going to change the fact that mm -hmm. this feels like a waste yeah. of time. And, and this is, you know, I'm in a bad situation right now and I'm going to fix it essentially like I'm going to fix or I'm not going to fix it but I'm going to make sure that I get something good out of it like you said yeah you give yourself I think the time to address the issue but past the point there's a certain point where you realize I can't change something this is where this has really helped me to realize instead of trying to change that thing that you don't have control over look at what else you do have control over mm. and shift focus that's a good way of putting it yeah. You may have to, and then that part of acceptance of the things you can't change. Okay, accept that over here on your left and work on this thing over here on your right that you can't. This is the Josh tour. Uh, on your left, you'll see the things that you cannot change. And <laughs> on the right, you'll see some things that you can. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and over here in the middle is whatever I is dealing with. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's a very good way of looking at it. I'd love to say, by the way, that I have this perfectly healthy response every time. And I do work at having a healthy response, but I'm sure many times I don't. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of that, those times come, like you said before, out of the moments where I don't have trust mm. in some way like if i'm working in my group my writing group and i start to emotionally react mm. to that feeling of losing control not pretty you know i come off as that neurotic jew or whatever mm. when i'm a passenger and my girlfriend's driving and for some reason i just have it in my mind that you know we're gonna die <laughs> oh my god josh jesus <laughs> i'm not the best uh, passenger in that in that regard it's hard for me not to react like 
when you saw me do was not a response. It was a reaction. Of right? course. Put yeah. Put on an imaginary pedal. Yeah. I couldn't even control that. It was a whole body break that you did from the passenger yeah. seat. You kicked. Yeah. The, it wasn't like a like a saw. It was. Yeah. I mean, what you really need, I think the real solution to that is for you to get one of those driver's ed cars so that you can actually break <laughs> when you need to. I don't think that is. I think that might. Yeah, that might reinforce some unhealthy habits there. Yeah, yeah I need to let go a little. Although sometimes other people aren't very good drivers. It's terrifying. You're putting your life in someone else's hands every time. That's the problem. It's always a little more nuanced than that, right? Oh, yeah. Driving with someone is terrifying. Like For all I know, my neuroticism about this actually saved lives. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, most people, not most people, die but lots of people die or get injured in car crashes that's not an unreasonable thing to fear and lots of people are saved by their passengers going watch out for that guy there you go yeah exactly <laughs> so maybe i'm wrong nine times out of ten yeah. but you know ten percent is life-saving yeah so we've <laughs> we've resolved that there's nothing wrong with your backseat or side seat driving that's fine it's really hard to know i just <laughs> have to be better at reading the i don't know <laughs> read the car read the room reading the vehicle <laughs> How do you react generally? Do you feel like you have a healthy response nowadays to a loss of control, considering how you used to be? Or do you still find yourself falling into old habits? I think I have more awareness now when I'm falling into those old habits. But I still like sometimes will just have my emotional reaction and not, you know, process that before having like a nice response. I mean, especially like we're talking about adulthood versus childhood, but like how much more real or imagined control do we have in adulthood? Well, you can drive a car in adulthood. Well, yeah, no, maybe we have a lot, but I mean, sometimes I remind myself that I am an adult. So this is kind of another like mini story, but just like... It was kind of funny. I don't know what I was doing. I was offending my dad somehow. And he came with like a glass of water to like pour on my head. Like, oh, I'm going to pour water on your head because you're being a little shit. This was like a year ago, maybe. And my response was, I just yelled, I'm an adult. And it was like, <laughs> and then everybody stopped and laughed. Like, what? how is that a defense? And I was like, oh, how is that a defense? And I think it's it was me saying like, I'm an adult. It's such a trigger. <laughs> I'm an adult and you're not allowed to like do that. I don't know. It, yeah. Or I was reminding myself I'm an adult and I don't need to deal with this crap. Like <laughs> I don't need to take this. So it, it, it's funny. Like sometimes in those moments where I feel like I have the least control, I remind myself I'm an adult. I'm in charge of my own life. I get to choose my own decisions. You know, that's almost like a little reminder. Yeah. Thing. But it's very easy to fall back into feeling that you don't have control. As adults, we do have an illusion sometimes of control too, right? There's a lot of people out there that would much rather drive than fly in a plane mm. because they believe I am in control yeah. when I'm driving a car and I'm not in control when I'm in a plane. Although you're only in control of yourself. You're not in control of a car coming and speeding past you. No, but they still believe that they have the control to then swerve out of the way in their own mind. Right. Technically, they're in control. But you look at the statistics and people are way more likely to die yeah. driving a car yeah. than being in a plane. And actually, the truth is, okay, you're kind of right. You do have more control. But the illusion is that you being in control is better. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and we overestimate our own skills. Like for some reason, you being in control, everybody <laughs> overestimates. I overestimate me driving. I always tell my girlfriend, look, statistically, never been in an accident. Oh my God. <laughs> I know we're, we talk about superstition, like it's a crazy thing, but I'll always, anytime someone says something like that, I'm like, oh my God, don't jinx it. Don't jinx it. <laughs> yeah, I jinxed it. <laughs> I'm like that, which means I guess it's due. Oh, <laughs> or say that. Oh, yeah. no. <laughs> 
that's... I mean, it is good to look at statistics in general. You can learn a lot by that. I think we, I think my dad said to me something once, and I've always kind of remembered this. People think that they're a lot more complex than they are. Hmm. They're actually pretty simple in some ways. And what he meant by that is that when you look at people at statistics, it, it, you're not often wrong. Like the past is often the best predictor of the future. Yes, people can make different decisions and change, but people will follow certain patterns and they will fall back into habits. I mean, getting someone to stop drinking is the hardest thing in the world, right? Getting someone to change the slightest of habits is really, really difficult. So you can look at statistics and see how many people tend to crash when this happens or that happens, mm. you know, whether people are actually good at driving while distracted. Turns out nobody's good at driving while distracted. Yeah. People are not good at doing anything while distracted. I hate people who say, I'm really good at multitasking. No, you're not. Nobody is. Nobody's really good at multitasking. You're good at shifting quickly. There's no such thing as actually multitasking. Yeah, it's... exactly. You can shift between tasks yeah. pretty well that it appears to be multitasking, I think. But you know why magic works? Why people get impressed by magic? Well, I don't know. Okay. They'll do something right in front of you yeah. that you don't see because they distract you in that moment with something else. Right. And everybody gets distracted mm. and then doesn't see a little trick they did. Mm. That's how we work. We're easily, we don't know what we don't know. Yeah. And I mean, task switching, like instead of multitasking is very yeah. cognitively taxing. Yeah. Cognitively taxing. So like you're using up your energy for the wrong thing. Like that's why yeah. when I'm doing something really intense, I, my phone is on silent and I can't see the screen and I turn off all notifications for most applications. The only time I get notifications is like phone calls and text messages. And even that I'll turn off when I'm on focus. So I don't get anything. Yeah. But I mean, I had to like make sure and I turned off like for chess. I know we play chess. I turned off all the notifications for that. So I don't get notifications because they would mm. always distract me and I'd have to start over. Right. We might think that we're good at something, but we're not. I mean, that's another need for control, right? It's like, yeah. I don't want any unwanted noise in my life. I can't have that unwanted you know, that's a control of my environment. But yeah, I know that, but I still fall into this trap a lot, right? And I end up yeah. staying up way too late at night. I let the distractions get the best of me. I think that it's very important for us to recognize our own misgivings and flaws mm. and inabilities. I had someone tell me recently, you know what I trust, Josh? I trust my gut. And when ew. my gut tells me something. Hmm? I said, ew, my gut mostly wants McDonald's. I'm not trusting that idiot. Oh, <laughs> no, but <laughs> here's the thing. I said, scientifically, it's been proven that you should not trust your gut. Well, sometimes for certain things, or you take into account your gut. It doesn't mean that our gut is always right or wrong. Right. Yeah, take it into account, but don't trust it implicitly is what I mean. Of course, I agree. Don't yeah. just trust your gut implicitly because no. there's so many biases we're not aware of. Yeah. We have racial biases and confirmation biases. We really don't realize it. And we talked about some of these biases before, the confirmation bias and stuff. Mm. In that way, I guess I've been better at surrendering control in that way. Because if you think about it, that is a form of surrendering control to recognize that I shouldn't trust my own decision making in some of these cases because I am biased. Hmm. I need to use other. Well, that's a way of processing your feelings in a healthy way and not simply trusting them as I mean, trusting your gut is people saying I trust the instantaneous feeling that I have, not what comes after. Mm. No, It's not even necessarily an instantaneous feeling because these can be a long lasting. You can continue to think something right. or believe something that isn't true that your gut is telling you. Mm. Now that I think about it, that is a big part of control. 
a lot of this feeling during the pandemic, there's a lot of people out there I talk to who say, yeah, my gut is telling me it's all wrong. My gut is telling me that they're lying to us and this vaccine doesn't work. I'm like, stop trusting your gut. Trust the science. Trust the experts, the people who actually know what they're doing. How about you take the vaccine and it'll it'll go right to your gut and deal with all those things that are telling you that the vaccine is bad. Don't worry. But where's that coming from? <laughs> it's coming from that feeling of a loss of control. Right. Yeah. And the uncertainty and all of that stuff. Right. It's causing a lot of depression. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I started to recognize that feeling of loss of control that people are having is part of the reason that they they need to feel like they're in charge of like I'm in charge of my own body. No one puts something into my body. Right. I'm in control of this. I decide the government and these companies that make gajillions of dollars don't decide. That's where they're coming from. They think it's like Mm. either or Mm. a decision that's being made that's being taken away from them and they're losing that sense of control and agency over their own decisions. Mm. Yeah. Big topic. I think that's a good way of putting it. Yeah. That's I'm I'm just like, wow, that's so insightful. Yeah, I have nothing to add. That's good. (laughs) Well, I have one more question. Oh, okay. Or maybe even more than one. I don't know. Talking about control, I think it would be remiss not to bring up relationships. Mm. The idea of toxic control, controlling people. Like right. we're talking about it as kind of like a little, I could be a little controlling sometimes. Do I you think. like controlling things sometimes, yeah. but then other times like I have to like, yeah, no. Okay. Yeah. You're right. So in relationships, well, what are your thoughts on this? <laughs> what am I thought? Uh, I'm controlling behavior. I mean, I- yeah, controlling behavior. What, what amount of controlling behavior is okay. Mm-hmm. And what right. kind of controlling behavior is not? Well, so you're, you're saying relationships, but you mean all like familial. You're not just talking about it could be friendships, family, right. friendships. Fam- okay. Yeah. Not just romantic relationships. Yeah. I mean, I think it comes down to boundaries, which I think we've talked about. Employee a boss certain amount. Sorry. You like having a boss and you're an employee, that kind of thing too. Yeah. Yeah. I think ultimately boundaries are kind of the key points. Like you realize that you can't, you can influence someone, you can encourage someone, you can tell someone what you think about what they do or don't do, but you can't control. You really shouldn't be trying to control anyone. I know people think like, oh, but I'm doing it for their own good. Well, I mean, do you know what's best for them? And not to bring this back to Game of Thrones again, but like there's so many manipulative people in that sometimes I, you know, Littlefinger or Peter Baelish will do something that I'm like, oh, that's so smart. And like, it's so manipulative, but it's so manipulative, even if it's for the good overall which generally it's not it's for his own purposes but like well inherent in the word manipulative is taking control yeah but in like a negative way like taking control of something that you shouldn't be it's not yours to control well you're taking over someone's agency and even if it's just that you're controlling in a way that everyone's aware of influencing heavily yeah i think it's important to as much as you can give everyone the autonomy to be their own person like just because and i mean it happens more in relationships where you really care about someone maybe you're really afraid of losing someone so like i mean i think a typical example of a controlling behavior would be jealousy within romantic partnerships right well is jealousy a controlling behavior or is that the emotional that's the emotion reaction that leads to the bad toxic response right so jealousy on its own Really nothing you can do about it. It's probably going to happen at some point, that feeling. Mm -hmm. The difference is how you act, whether you act on it and how you act on it. Like, you know, the example of being overly controlling would be like, oh, you're not allowed to see that person because it makes me feel jealous when you see that person, even if the person like their partner has done nothing wrong, that kind of thing. That's controlling behavior or because you have this friend or something, I have to have access to all your electronics. I knew a friend who like Uh. insisted on having all access to her boyfriend's like his facebook his phone because he 
had done that scares me well actually for good reason like she he had done things but i know but that you know and so she had reason to be jealous but still it's like a very that's a weirdly controlling behavior if you can't let other people be who they yeah are going to be and be okay with that then maybe that's not a relationship you want to be pursuing yeah sometimes there's like an instigator to some of these things yeah. and, and that's what muddies it a little bit like oh this person cheated so now i exactly yeah but even then nothing that's toxic behavior yeah like responding to toxic behavior it's not a healthy response no if you can't deal with those emotions and then i just break up right <laughs> like yeah yeah I, to me it's so obvious like if someone came up to me and was like i need access to this this and that and you're not allowed to do this this and that i'd be like cool goodbye <laughs> but to me that's yeah. so obvious <laughs> but then you watch other people somehow get sucked into because that world becomes the world yeah once you step into we talked about this before but like once you step into the room with that person, now that's the government. Mm. That's the world you're living in. Yeah. These are the rules. And they don't play by outside rules. And then when they do meet the outside, you know, it causes a dissonance, a real cognitive dissonance that you can go either one or the other way on. Yeah. And we're talking about earlier, we were talking about how when you're younger and you don't feel that you have control in certain ways, you respond by having control in other ways. Mm -hmm. But sometimes people are used to the feeling of being controlled or having people toxically try to manipulate them. And they look for that. And they think that's love. You know, sometimes people are like, oh, well, they just love me so much. You're right. That's very toxic. That's what they learned love was. And that's the feeling that they've learned a relationship is in general. It It has to be, you know, that kind of. Yeah. I know people, close people in my own life who seem to fall into, you see that they seem to fall into the same sorts of relationships again and again. The patterns, yeah. It's like a pattern of toxic relationships. They repeat that same. Well, because that's where they're comfortable. That's what they know. It's also because sometimes, we've talked about it before, sometimes there's a certain passivity in letting that happen to you Mm. because you're not taking that initiative to look for what you want. So then other people who look to take advantage kind of come to you. Yeah. And if that's all you've had, that's all you think you deserve. It's also part of that too. Like, what do you yeah. feel you deserve? It's the whole self-worth is a big part of that. It's interesting how deep this rabbit hole goes when we look at it. Yeah. It's important to know there's narcissistic people out there, right? There's people who are, it's all about me, 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 me. Mm. They only know how to think in terms of me. They don't have any empathy for you. And when those people, as charming as they may be on the surface, when those people get into a relationship with you, they're going to try to exert control mm-hmm. one way or another. And you want to stay away from those types of people. Yeah. They're not going to change a narcissist. They're going to be toxic to you. All right. Do you have any other? Uh... What's it, control versus leadership? Well, I mean, one is guiding and potentially influencing, but... Can you be a leader without having or exerting control? Yeah, I I mean, it depends what kind of leader, but... Oh, my God. I keep thinking of Game of Thrones examples, but, like... (laughs) You know when, like, Daenerys is getting an army and... She says, like, to the slaves, oh, this is a, is this a spoiler? This is from, like, season two or three. Oh, it's fine. At this point. Okay, if you haven't seen season two or three or four of Game of Thrones, then just skip the next 30 seconds. But when she takes the slaves from a slave owner and she tells them, you're all free now. And if you choose, you can fight for me, but you can also go free and no one will stop you. You're free to go. It's your choice. And the army stays and decides to fight for her. And she's very much a leader, but she's not forcing anyone to do anything. She's not controlling. I mean, right? Why are you laughing? Why are you smiling like that? Sure, nothing. It's funny. Is there a controller? No, no, I'm not going to say one thing any which way. But I just realized too that like you haven't watched Game of Thrones yet. You're only like five seasons in, so like an eight season. Yeah, I'm only on the beginning of or mid season five. Yeah. Okay, cool. Interesting. Oh, I guess I'll see the rest. I know she's already done some other things where she's like trying to keep control and it's different, but like 
Okay. If you're someone in power, it's complicated. I don't know, Josh. What was the question? <laughs> well, I was talking about control versus leadership. No, I think you're bringing up a perfect example right there too. And I think there's a difference between having control and exerting control, just like there's a difference between having power and exerting power. Yeah. It's the same sort of thing, right? I like to have control in many ways, but I also feel very uncomfortable exerting it. Right. Okay. I think the best leaders don't have to be controlling or manipulative. Yeah. Manipulative is like the negative toxic side of control. Yeah. Right. You can be a leader and you can, you can let people make their own choices and sure you can kind of influence it with your wisdom. But if you take away other people's agency, they will not like you for that usually. Yeah. Yeah. I think the best bosses at work, right. They tend to, you know, here's the result we're looking for. Here's some guidance. Yeah. You help me get there. It's true. Yeah. Let's work with each other here. Instead of micromanage, people hate micromanagement, mm -hmm. right? Because that takes away that feeling of control. People at least the basic level. I said to my girlfriend the other day, she started giving me looks while I was driving. She said I was pressing on the gas too much. It's using up too much gas in the car. Okay. You know, she's going to listen to this, right? I know. And I love her very much. Good. <laughs> I like her too. So be nice to her. I will listen to no slander. No, I don't. No, I, I do the same thing. That's why I'm bringing this up. Okay. But she said, like, you're putting your foot down too much on the gas. She can hear the... I'm like, we're climbing a hill. This is what happened. And I basically said, stop trying to control my foot. <laughs> I'm like, right now, it's my foot. You're micromanaging my foot right now. <laughs> I don't know why that's so funny. I started to get anxious moving forward of how much I'm now putting my foot down on the pedal. Yeah. Did you tell her that's triggering because of your history? <laughs> And then I went into my entire history with my mom. No, <laughs> no, we all, I understood exactly where she was coming from. Yeah. But I think that really triggered my sense of agency right there. Feeling control. Like I can't even control my own foot. Yeah. How much I press down on the pedal. Like I need to have a little <laughs> bit of leeway here. <laughs> Stop controlling my foot. Funny. But there are actual employers out there and people who micromanage you. And it's a living hell, they will tell you mm -hmm. at these places. Because literally the way you move your hand, the way you move your foot, the way you type, yeah. you ever have someone leaning over your shoulder, literally criticizing every element of the way you work and do things? That sounds like the beginning of a temper tantrum for me. Not a temper tantrum, but like, oh my God, get away from me. Like, exactly, right? And you should just stop. Yeah. It's suffocating, right? Yeah. You need to have your agency and control in that way. So I think when it comes to leadership versus control, a good leader still gives you your agency. And your autonomy. Her autonomy, yes. Mm. Oh, are you saying we shouldn't control women's bodies? Oh, I didn't mean it like that, but yeah, oh. I, I guess I, I <laughs> I wasn't thinking of that. Although birth control. Uh. But you're controlling yourself when you take birth control. It's your choice to take birth control. Yeah, you're controlling your own. Yeah, I'm saying birth control is a good thing, right? Because it means that you have autonomy and choice and control over yourself. It's interesting. Self-control. Mm -hmm. Mind control. Mind controls more on other people. The mind control. <laughs> <laughs> That's not a real thing. Uh, sorry, I was pressing my temples and controlling Josh's mind there for a second. I, I feel my hand going toward my 7-Up. No, yes. it's Drink pouring out the aspartame. No. No. Put it. Oh no! Pour it down the drain. <laughs> no more aspartame for no, you. I listened to the first part. Now the aspartame's going to me. Oh no! Mm. All right. Well, the important thing is my mind control through Zoom worked. Uh, last question. Okay. Government control. Government control. Yeah. Should the government have more or less control? Uh, in what? 
I mean, based on what I know of the government, it's hard to say. <laughs> I mean, this is the good old conservative, libertarian, liberal argument. I mean, there's so many different. I, I would say that's an issue on issue basis. I can't just say more or less. You're right. There's a lot of nuance there, and I threw it in at the end. There's so much nuance. You can't ask that as the last <laughs> question. Although I would say generally, again, you need a good, competent leader for that, and I feel like those are generally in short supply. Yeah, the government should be more in control if you have good, competent leadership. Yeah. <laughs> yes, we need good, competent leadership with a good amount of control over certain things and less control over others. But people still need to feel a sense of agency and autonomy or as Americans like to say, freedom! Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Is it possible to feel freedom and still have other people have... I don't know if I'm saying this right. I mean, we live in a society. To me, that's one of the biggest issues that we face. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is, that's such a big question to end. But I mean, we live in a society and there are certain rules that we all more or less agree on. And one of the rules that we agree on is that we can't control everything that happens in our society. And we have to accept that some things are not up to us. And as annoying as that is, we elect people and trust that they're going to have some kind of like they're going to work with people in the best way and deal with those. I mean, it's I trip up so easily even saying that because I just think no, like, this running is, through my head is all is the perfectly horrible said. leaders we've been having. But like, yeah, yeah. I mean, the idea is that we trust someone to do those things for us. And, you know, we can live our lives and have a lot of things already in place for us. Yeah. And no, we don't get to make all the decisions. But do you want to have to make every single decision? Well, no, that's the whole point. We don't know. And again, this just goes back to people say they want to be in control of everything to feel in control but no you don't not a, you want the experts yeah who know those things to be in control i don't want to be the one responsible for building the road outside my house i don't want to have to be the one you know yeah do you think there's people out there going they're taking away my freedom <laughs> they're building the road i should be building the road <laughs> I mean, I can criticize how they're building the road, but I yeah. still don't think I should be the one in charge of From it. From your comfort of your armchair while they're slaving <laughs> away. Yeah, exactly. Sorry, did you have any other questions on your little list there? No, I could see I really pushed it. Yeah, this is only going to hurt me in the editing process. Yeah, you're the one that you <laughs> didn't want it to be two hours so that you wouldn't have to edit down so much. But all right. Should we end this thing? No, I played this video game called Control. It's one of the best games I've played. That's funny because when I was Googling Control, because I read a few, like, I wanted to come review up? some stuff. It was the first thing that came up. And then I was like, okay, I have to be more specific. <laughs> it's a really good game. Yeah, it seems like it. I mean, if it's the first Google result. Yeah. It's doing something right. Yeah. I just watched the movie Free Guy, which is about video game, dude. The AI that... <laughs> about him trying to take control of his own life, even though he's a video game character. Yeah, I mean, he takes control. He basically becomes aware and like becomes a player in the game. You know, I ranked all the movies I saw in 2021. I just put that up there. I saw that and I actually looked for Free Guy. Is it not? It's there. It's number 27 out of 31. <laughs> oh, I maybe I didn't get that far. So you didn't, you weren't really, I mean, like it was very tropey and very like, it was the actual fun thing in a way. Yeah. No, I, I can totally see that. It was very predictable, kind of the same. Like nothing was particularly, the antagonist is pretty flat in my opinion and like kind of predictable. Like Yeah, it didn't feel like real stakes. So it was kind of hard to care about what happened, mm. but it was fun at times. It was like a light, fun movie. Ryan Reynolds is always fun. And Ryan Reynolds is funny and beautiful. Yeah, no, Spider-Man's where it's at. I haven't seen it. I briefly looked at that list and I was like, I've seen none of these movies. Okay, next. <laughs> I don't watch enough movies. I watch a lot of TV. Let me recommend my friend, Ed, I have it at number five, Nine Days by my friend Ed Sonoda. 
Okay. Absolutely incredible film. Tell me about it. It's about a group of souls, basically, people competing to be born in the before life. Cool. Oh, you told me about this. Yeah. Where is is it on Netflix or anything? So that me and the listeners can. Uh, I'm sure. I, I wish I could tell you right now. I saw it at the LA premiere. Okay. Well, I can't go to and that. And it was in theaters, so. but I don't know where it is now. No, no. Now it's it's, it's somewhere to stream or get. Yeah. Just looking up nine days. All right. Ed Zenoda. All right. We'll do. This is a podcast about control. Okay. Yes. And- <laughs> And uh, this has been another episode of Adulthood Friends. Thank you for listening. And if you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, uh, like us on Facebook and subscribe on whatever platform you're using to listen if you haven't already. And if you want to rate us, that's great too. Unless you really hate us and we're going to rate us a one, then like, don't worry about it. You don't really have to. We also have had these polls going on Spotify. So if you open it up on, if you click on the episode, you'll see a little poll that Josh has been setting up and let's not let his hard work go to waste. (laughs) Uh, I think for the just versus unjust one, there were only two responses and Josh and I realized it was us and one of us voted just (laughs) and one of us voted unjust. And I'm sure you can figure out who voted. Oh yeah, is the world more just or unjust yeah (laughs) pretty funny (laughs) and that's about it anything else you want to add to that josh anything you want to tell our listeners today you already told them to like us and follow us on facebook i sure did well then that's it (laughs) i'm surrendering control as i always do to you on the intro and outro did you really surrender control though because at the beginning you were a bit like well let's do that again because that's time you said it kind of like this and usually you say like they don't know that they don't know what i edited out they don't know because you edited it out well (laughs) I'm telling them now. I'm telling them. (laughs) I love that I could just do, I mean, I can cut you off whenever I want there and you can end this recording because you control the actual recording. True. But I don't want to leave you with not enough content. Oh, we have more than